It's funny how when you tell people that you are writing something um, or you've got a book underway or something like that, that everybody has got a piece of writing advice that they just can't wait to pass on or they want to recommend a book that was the best thing they ever read about how to write and things like that. And I mean, a lot of that is very well meant. And I have read books. I've got one here, um, Stephen King's on writing, which I thought was fantastic. But there is, in amongst that, writing advice that stinks and that you hear trotted out again and again, and I hate it. And I was wondering, uh, what is the writing advice that you really dislike hearing, Josh? Okay, slight curveball here. Um, without wanting to take too much credit, this was my idea. Because, <laughs> and maybe it was just the mood that I was in. But curveball, what I've learned through doing a bit of research prior to this episode, is that maybe I'm the problem. And the writing advice might not be the problem. It might be me. Um, and it might be down to the fact that I am not disciplined enough with uh, my approach to writing. And therefore, when I get advice, I'm possibly a bit petulant <laughs> and a bit like, you know. Um, I heard the story the other day of someone uh, who was getting they haven't passed their driving test and they asked someone to come and sit in the car while they drove. And every time this person offered some advice, they just kept saying, stop telling me what to do. Um, and I thought, when you're driving and you haven't passed your test, you should probably be grateful for some advice. And I'm starting to realize that maybe that's me uh, with the writing is that I feel like I'm somehow above the advice, but maybe I'm not, maybe I'm not. Um, so yeah, in researching this, yeah, slight curveball. Maybe it's not the writing advice that's a problem. Maybe it's me. Um, but one thing I did pick up from reading these things is that a lot of them are figurative and not to take them too literally. Um, classics being show, don't tell, mm -hmm. and uh, write what you know. You know, we'd be very limited if we only wrote what we know. You know, literally, um, our own existence. We wouldn't be getting a lot of historical and fantasy and sci-fi and stuff like that but um yeah i'm going to throw this one back to you guys but oh. right now after reading a lot of advice i'm wondering yeah maybe it's me who's the issue not well, the advice that is a curveball because now i feel i can't rant <laughs> about a lot of this stuff and but i was all ready can. to go what about this, this? this is the point i need i need i need you to re reignite my uh Right. Fiery passion for hating advice. Well, my uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna jump in with my number one dislike before I hand on to Mr. Mr. Coppolis. And that does does roll off the tongue, doesn't it, Mr. Mr. Coppolis? Um I cannot wait for the musical. No. Uh, <laughs> we'll get Ian to write it, it'll be a winner. Um perfect. Uh, but yeah, what I hate, what I hate hearing. Maybe it's because maybe it's because I've heard it so many times that it's just got really old. Maybe it's not the advice itself, but it's it's when somebody says to me, "Oh yes, kill your darlings." Like, oh, kill me, please. I don't want to hear that anymore. Kill your darlings. It's like if you write a sentence that you think, "Bloody hell, that is a good sentence." I must be some kind of genius. That's a beautiful sentence. You must automatically delete it. 
that's that's what that advice says. If you love something you've written, you're wrong. Get rid of it. Like, no. What if it's really good? What if sometimes actually your darlings need nurturing and you need more of them? That's I, that's I, can I just say in the editing process, I, I, get, I totally get what you're saying. In the editing process, when I think that to myself, I, I, I hate it if I hear it from someone else because um, it sounds quite smug from someone else. Mm. But in my own head, when I come to editing, oh, because I used to be terrible for it, just go on and on. Now, I absolutely love it. I love being brutal and just cutting, 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 get rid, getting rid of stuff <laughs> and just being like, yeah, I loved you once, but now you're gone. Um, <laughs> so in some ways, I sort of, when I apply it to myself, tell it to myself, I like it. But it's like if someone says something negative about one of your family members, it's like, I can say that, but you can't because you know they're mm. my they're my parent or they're my whatever um so yeah but i do get what you're saying it's a difficult one kill your darlings yeah how about you fotis what do you reckon what do i reckon um first and foremost i think uh i i am not setting despite the public <laughs> the public nature of this <laughs> of this podcast I am not sharing very widely with people that I'm that I'm writing. Uh, one reason is because I want to protect that process of writing, uh, write first and then you know, open up uh, the, the writing itself to people so they can actually provide feedback. Uh, I, I have been sharing, of course, with with you, Josh, and other people in, in the writing group. And I think everyone has been very, very sensible because exactly they want to avoid doing that thing you said. <laughs> Giving the, the, the wrong sort of advice. So I haven't come across really uh, things I hate. Uh, but I recently, for example, sent some of my writing to an editor and uh, I wasn't very happy with how he. I think the way he, he judged uh, the storytelling aspect of it, the narrative uh, angle that I took which uh, made me made me think about uh, and, and as we speak uh, because for example with with your kill your darlings thing there are, there are two things i can I, I want to say one is i don't i wouldn't remove something if you feel something is brilliant don't remove it just because people have said that it might be useful i, I have come across though the the, the idea as well uh, that it might not be relevant what you're trying to do with your story so then, then we're going into the conversation of what is that brilliance. Are you talking about a piece of prose that you really like that you want to keep? Uh, is it relevant though to the story? That's what that's what I would think if I want to remove it or not. Mm -hmm. But definitely not delete it altogether. <laughs> uh, if you write something good and you feel it's good, I would keep it somewhere uh, stored safely. So my question is, there are two questions I want to return to you. Who do you trust to give you advice? You said you read the book from uh, Stephen uh, King. Mm -hmm. um, uh, outside, of course, this this uh, group of authors that you know that are very successful and they have written certain things. Who would who would you trust um, to give you some advice? And when we're talking about advice about writing, do, do you see just about your prose or other aspects of your uh, when you develop your your book or your script? Mm. Well, I think the first question's easier. Um, the people that I trust are people that have known the same pain. That's what I would say. If you are engaged in 
the lonely toil of putting words on a page. I want to hear from you, basically. Um, you might not be any good. I might not be any good, but you know what it feels like and you know what you're trying to do. And I think we have the same goal. So, yeah, those people I trust, the people who worry and fret and slave and try, the people that bash stuff out and go, yeah, yeah, I've done it. It's all finished. Uh, I wrote it in six days and it's a work of genius. I don't want to hear from you. No, I want I want the people that know my pain. I trust them. Yeah. As far as the actual process goes, um, you mean taking it further to getting it out into the world? Yes, but uh, I'm just thinking again, I'm just taking a bit uh, more uh, abstract uh, approach to what you mean by writing advice and um, or, or did you mean or, or, or did I miss the point and we talked about we're talking about the advice in an abstract way anyway because um, when I went through this editing process he picked out a lot of things in terms of uh, not necessarily whether the prose was good or bad he never made a word about about that so he didn't discourage me from the perspective of mm. you not keep writing because your prose is, sucks but he did point out like uh, grammar syntax uh, issues um, as I said narrative aspect storytelling you know the the backstory what whether that comes and, and I found myself at that point asking, this is how I want to tell the story. This is, and, and that's why I'm asking, hmm. how, that, how do you receive the advice? Because if I want to tell the story in one way, does that mean I have to change it according to the advice or do I keep doing my own thing? And that means that's not good advice or is it bad advice? Do you, do, do you see what I'm I do. trying to say? I do. I think you have to be true to yourself in those situations. And uh, I, I mean, I, I, I wrote a play I think it was my hat play. I can't remember. Or it might have been my toilet play. But either way, I've got this full draft of a play. And the person that I showed it to said, well, of course, now they all need to wear face masks. COVID. I'm like, uh, no, excuse me. No. <laughs> no, they don't. <laughs> if you like, if you, it makes you feel happier. My play set in 2019. But I'm not bringing that in just because that's what the world is like now. So I, I heard the advice and I thought about what I was trying to do. And I rejected the advice. I think I think if it's about how you're telling the story, you have to have a bit of I don't know, surely, surely you have to you're responsible for the final decision. So I think it would be up to you. Yeah, Josh, what do you reckon? It, it's interesting. I hadn't considered I, I think when when I sort of pitched this idea, what I hadn't thought about was um who's giving the advice mm. i think i was thinking about the the sort of more the, the advice that you you generally read about you hear you know and and because one thing i'm not a fan of is the sort of rigid prescriptive framework sort of things i'm not going to name any but i don't like those they are quite interesting as a sort of uh like post hoc analysis of something mm -hmm. so they're they're interesting to me but i don't want to read it as a here are the rules. Here are the, the here's the, the, the guidelines. Now, I'm interested in doing screenplays and there are certain formatting things that you, you should really stick to to make it legible, readable, and thinking of it as a kind of technical working document. But it's interesting that I hadn't thought about the advice of someone 
like an editor who you mm. send it to, where I think I'd be much more responsive because I, I think I'd I would respect their their, their guidance, their position. Um, I recently entered a screenwriting competition um, where I got feedback and the feedback uh, for the script was really good. It was just a sample, just a, a, a little extract from it. But the, the feedback for the supporting documents was exactly what I knew they were going to say. But it was almost like I sort of had to look at it and go, oh, yeah, yeah. It's not because it pointed something out that I didn't know. I knew exactly what they pointed out. It was more like, oh, they found me out. They've discovered my true secret, which is that the supporting documents were rushed and 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 kind of lazily put together. Not lazily, like very hastily put together. And it was almost a bit like, ah, oh, I didn't manage to sort of just, you know, I didn't manage to sort of just wangle it through. Um, so that was quite interesting in that it told me exactly what I already knew, but it was a bit like, oh, yeah, I do, I do need to put more time into those things, more thought into those things, and not just assume that a, a good script is, is going to be enough for someone to read and go, yep, yeah, I like this. Mm. But as soon as I, it, it, I guess unless they'd come back and been very personally offensive about me, but they couldn't have been because there's nothing identifying in it about me, I, I think I would always just be like, oh, yeah, yeah, because... It's coming from someone who I, I almost consider as a position of authority. But this is from someone who I, I haven't had any success within the industry yet. So would that change if I did get mm. a bit of success? If I did advance somewhat, would I start to have more faith in, no, I'm going to do it this way. This I, I really have mm. believe in my, the idea or the approach that I'm taking more than personal advice. Yeah, maybe a bit more confidence in yourself. It's funny you yeah. say that because it was it was a scene in my hat play. Um, all my plays are named after inanimate objects, hats, toilets, Spain. Um, but um, yeah, in the hat play, I'd written this scene and I was pretty pleased with it, and it felt it felt done. And then a professional, um, uh, what's she called, a dramaturg somebody who helps develop drama. Uh, she read it and she said, it's really good, but you need to start with the carrots. Now, not to go into it, but the carrots appear on page five of this scene. I'm like, oh, well, obviously not. That's ridiculous. And then inevitably, about a month later, having mulled it over without even really mulling it over, I thought, yeah, it would be really good if I started there with the carrots and I flipped the scene <laughs> and that would work really well. I just needed a bit of time to see it in a different way. And then I thought, yeah, actually, that would be better. And it has got a lot more punch now. I don't mind saying. Can I just say when you said the carrots, I thought that was like her, her way of sort of um, pitching the advice she always writes with the carrots <laughs> oh mind. carrots and start, sticks start every scene with the carrots then I realise you were literally literally oh, carrots. carrots yeah because I, I really struggle with those sorts of things I think more relating to the sort of uh, work I've done job wise a lot of the kind of jargony um, those sorts of things you know smart right smart all those sorts of things SMART mm. those things they really go through me so when you said the start with the carrots, I was like, what, the, what does that mean? 
<laughs> that means start with the carrots. This is nonsense. Um, but now I see that, yeah, maybe she... Yeah. Literally carrots. Maybe she was being helpful. Yeah. Yeah, that was helpful. That was good. And I think going back to what Fotis said, I think if I was working with or if I had feedback from an editor or an agent or something like that, and they said, this is really good, but I think you need to consider moving this to the start or you need to consider cutting the half of this chapter or this scene's too slow. You need to, you know, drop a piano on someone. Then if I felt it was true to the story that I wanted to tell, or if I could see where they were coming from, and I hope I would be open to that, then yeah, I'd totally, totally take that advice. I think I would do that. But I do see your point, Fotis, that you, you've you got a particular way that you want to tell your story and that if that guy hasn't understood that way, then his advice isn't of the same value to you. Am I telling it effectively then? It, because mm. it might be effective in my head because I know what's coming. Or I have developed a certain, you know, uh, because I have a few pages written already. And I'm thinking, okay, wait for it. But uh, it, it, but we all know how important the first few pages are. So, uh, so yeah, I don't dismiss uh, completely what he said. Uh, I, I think I don't. I don't uh, if anything, I knew there, are, there were weaknesses with, with everything that I sent because it's not complete, to be honest. Mm -hmm. I've not worked enough uh, on it to say it's complete. Uh, but that, that, that was my one, one thought. I, I, it crossed my mind. How much are you prepared to yield your story uh, for uh, according to uh, editorial um, you know, advice? And I, I guess this links to our previous conversations about who do you write for? I mean, how, how much you're willing to, uh, you know, to give space to other stuff just to make it happen? Um, which yeah, it's a different direction from the from our topic today. So I'm not gonna go into that. <laughs> mm. It's an interesting thing to think about, though. I I on one of the scripts that I submitted, I spent a good few weeks sending it to people and getting feedback from them. One of which was you, Karina. You were mm. very helpful in that and very quick to respond and stuff like that, which was amazing. But I sent it to a variety of different people, which was quite brave for me because I still a little bit um, terrified of doing that and i sent it to people who i never imagined reading my scripts never imagined watching what you know if it ever got made and so the responses were really interesting and i took a little bit from all of them but i was definitely more selective in terms of the people i trusted and the ones that <laughs> the ones that i almost felt a bit contrarian to their advice was like because you know, it's like the people in your life who recommend something to watch and you go, oh, okay, great. And you know it straight down, it sticks in your head. And then you've got the people in your life, in your life who recommend something to you and you go, oh, okay, interesting. And what you're thinking is, well, there's something I'll avoid because you've recommended it. And so there was a bit of that where certain people, and I'm not going to name anyone, who said things about it, it almost was like, great, so now I know that I'm doing something right by pursuing that because you've told me not to. Uh, whereas there's some people like yourself, Karina, who was like, oh, yeah, okay, yeah, spot on. Um, so those sorts of things, uh, yeah, I guess a range of different bits of feedback is always useful rather than that one, 
that one voice because yeah like you say you, you might go actually no i i feel protective of this part i, I do think this will work and you might go to someone else and they go oh my god that's the best part about it don't ever lose that please don't lose mm. that so yeah and, and it's always interesting as well where you are going back to kill your darlings and that sort of stuff there are going to be bits that you perhaps love and you get people to read it and they don't even notice they just pass over it but then they come back to go i love this bit and i'm really attached to it yeah, I don't. Um, with, with the kill your darlings thing, um, I feel um, what, 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 so, for example, um, it's not whether whether we, we decide to remove something altogether. I think, um, for example, when I send my my feed, my my document in. He made a comment about how I go into intellectual asides. So I feel in certain ways, the literature I'm reading and the literature I like reading, they do, they do spend some time uh, writing about things that are not pertinent necessarily 100% to the story, like exploring emotions and feelings from the individual's perspective. Or how they react to a scene, or how they react to an idea. So I do do that in terms of going into a certain intellectual aside uh, every now and then. Uh, and, and I felt that comment really not not, but it really makes me think uh, about what it is that I'm actually doing and how can I maintain that sort of writing identity, if you like. Uh, where, but at the same time, uh, make sure I don't just write aphorisms that no one wants to <laughs> wants to read about. Uh, so that, that's what, that's one of my problems when it comes to. Uh, it's not advice I hate, but it's advice very difficult for me to digest. I guess at, at this point, um, I, and I would definitely want to, to listen from someone else as well. And if that advice um, is similar, I guess, then they probably have a point. I can't really uh, go against everyone. I'm not Socrates. <laughs> yeah, but it could be your style. Those intellectual sides that could be the that could be the, the the style that you're wanting to you're wanting to do that. You and it just be that he didn't particularly respond to it in the right way. But that's not something that you should just immediately lose and immediately lose those things. If anything, <laughs> find look for writers who are doing something similar look for people who are doing something similar and sort of explore their work a bit and think they're doing it I'm, or, or they're doing something similar, even if it's not in the same um, sort of genre, you know, sort of writing that you're looking to do. A, a bit like finding your bubble and, and in, go into it and just enjoy it because it sounds more to me that it just particularly was something that he didn't get. And I've had that before where I've sent people bits of writing and they don't get the kind of the, the little I don't know, the trick that I'm trying to use in some way. So I, I, I think you, you go with it. And, and also, I have to say, when I, I said Kill Your Darlings about my editing, I, I do keep all of those bits because I'm a notorious writing thief from myself. Um, I put them in a, a file called Offcuts. It's like um, it's like not wasting any of your food. So all the offcuts of me, all the offcuts of everything just goes into this big uh, thing and it gets churned up and then 
I sometimes I come to it and go, oh yeah, there's a nice sentence, or oh yeah, there's a nice idea. So I never lose anything. But as much as brutal as I feel when I'm going through and just cutting bits out, I'm actually just cutting and pasting uh, in something else because probably the best person to steal from for me, or the one I feel least least guilty about, is always going to be myself from the past. Um, yeah, I mean, going back to the kill your darlings, there's another one that I. I do like for the sort of editing process, and that's arrive late, leave early. Mm -hmm. It sounds, I, I yeah, I just love the idea that there's a scene going on beyond what you see. Mm -hmm. And so you've come into the room slightly late and you're going to leave slightly early without, without just being stuck too long in something. I think it yeah. creates more, um, more pace in something. Yeah, I think that's good advice. I am... Um... I, I always try and stick to that if I can. And there's a bit where I feel like I've got a bit sluggish and I might need to go and look at that and just pull some bits apart and chop a bit out. But yeah, I won't I won't get rid of that. There's no way. Um I keep I keep my babies. <laughs> you keep your darlings. Yes, I do. Hidden. They all go somewhere. Otherwise your darlings are in the cellar. Yeah. <laughs> You send food to the counter and you roll food downstairs. That's dark. Yeah. But yeah, whatever, whatever works, I think. I think I've done that. I think I've, I've, not I think I know I've done that. I've sent you a piece uh, late at some point in the past, Karina, and you, and you were very positive about it. And I thought, um, I really wanted, but it didn't fit the way I developed that scene, essentially. It didn't fit a bigger storyline. So I thought I don't have to reduce the, to to, to uh, remove the scene from all of my writing. I can I can adapt it. So mm. I didn't necessarily fit that scene uh, just to 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 enter that scene into the the story. I think it fit it fit in the way I was writing it at, in that moment, like where the story was going. I felt it served the purpose. So um, I definitely recycled my writing. Yeah, I mean, that's probably the best advice um, you can get is um, do feel free to use your ideas again and again because writers have themes. Um, they might not be obvious or apparent until you've written quite a lot of stuff, but I, I find I can tend to link all my stuff somehow. There's usually something going on. Death, don't know usually in all of my writing <laughs> so those ideas will come round again so it's just being uh economical frugal really isn't it it's mm -hmm. just being frugal yeah. i think i'd say don't don't be too attached to the rigid prescriptive frameworks yes don't take any of the advice too literally you know uh it can all feel quite neat and tidy and satisfying uh probably it you know when you're looking back on something but just don't get too stuck in it because it mm. can really feel it can trap you can trap your imagination yeah and i would say find your people find your people that you trust that understand where you're coming from and what you're trying to do and have them read your stuff the people that get you yeah i, I think we've said it all i have nothing to add <laughs> i think useful anyway <laughs>